0: 48, how to prosper. The Bible gives us lots of ways on how to prosper, uh, but right out of this chapter, it uh, gives us some things that we can focus on. Starting verse 1, hear this, O house of Jacob, you who are called by the name of Israel, and have come forth from the wellsprings of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord, who make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth or in righteousness. It's very interesting. So he's call, talking to, uh, to Israel, the house of Jacob, who are right from Judah, uh, the well-springs of Judah, uh, the name, call on the name of Israel, who swear by the name of the Lord. So he's talking about professed believers who make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth or in righteousness. Having a form of religion, but denying the power thereof." Making mention of God, and shouting God, and yelling God, and all this stuff is not what God's looking for. God's looking for a heart that's surrendered to him, a life that is surrendered to him. He's not looking for flatteries, right? swearing by his name, making mention of his name. Um, I was visiting someone the other day, and. His neighbor coming over to talk to him. And, uh, and, uh, and then the guy left, and I said to, to my friend, I said, Boy, you've got a very religious neighbor. And he looked at me puzzled. I said, He said JC more often <laughs> than I've heard of most sermons. I mean, this guy just, you know, is using the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, but it wasn't in a godly way. Um, you know, and so just making mention of God and making mention of God of Israel, uh, it's more than that, it's, it's, it's the power is in his truth. form of godliness, denying the power. The power is in his truth and in his righteousness. The power of God is in transforming our hearts. The power of God is that he has forgiven us and that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that he removes the old past, and he gives us new hearts and new lives and gives us victory in him. That's where the power is. The power is in a new life. The power is in the Holy Spirit coming into us and living in us and through us. It's the power of God. And so here Isaiah is saying, uh, you're making mention, but not in truth and in righteousness. And then the next several verses go through some other horrible things that he's saying about the people. then verse 9, but for my name's sake, I will defer my anger, and for my praise, I will restrain it from you, so that I do not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. He says, you're not worshiping me in spirit and truth. You're not worshiping me in truth and righteousness. You're not obeying me. You're not following me. You're not obedient to me. And he goes through, again, a whole list of things that they are not obedient. But for God's name's sake, he will not cut us off. Again, He sustained us down through the ages. We're still here today. It's miraculous. God's word is still here today. It's miraculous. All the attempts to blot God's name out, all the attempts to blot God's people out, But they have not been able to because God promised we won't. He will not cut us off and he will not let people cut us off for his name's sake. He said it and he's going to honor his word. He's going to keep to his promise. He's going to keep to his prophecy for his name's sake. Not because of us. Not because we're so great. But because of his name's sake. He has not forsaken us. And because of his name's sake he refines us because he loves us he refines us, puts us through the fire to burn off the wickedness, to, to burn off the sinful nature, to burn off the carnal desires. So he allows us to go through struggles. He allows us to go through hard times, which we should acknowledge as a blessing. I was talking to somebody uh, just this week, and they're giving me their testimony, powerful testimony. They're living just a worldly life, living for you know themselves, and came down with breast cancer, and it turned their whole life around, woke them up. And she said, I thank God for that experience. She said, when I tell that to people, they think I'm not. How can you thank God for that? She said, that was the turning point in my life. That's when I turned to God. That's when I found God. Without that, I could have maybe lived, but I would have continued to live for myself. I would have lived in vain. And would have eventually died with no hope and no promise, with no peace. It was a blessing. God takes us through the fire, takes us through the furnace, tests us, through affliction, to purify us because he knows that we are valuable to him, like silver and gold, precious in his sight. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to clean us up. He wants to remove everything out of us. That's not good. He wants to peel all the garbage off. The only way he can do it is by taking us and allowing us to go through the fires of affliction. So when we're going through it, Thank God, praise God, and look forward to how he's going to take us through. Look forward to what we're going to look like on the other side. Verse 11, for my own sake, for my own sake. So three times he says that. I will do it, for how should my name be profaned? I will not give my glory to another. He's not going to let us take the glory. He's not going to let anyone else take the glory. He's promised it. He's going to see us through because he promised. Verse 12, listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, my call. I am he, I am the first, I am also the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth, my right hand has stretched out the heavens, and when I called them, they stood up together. Does Isaiah sound like he believed in creation? Yes, yeah, Certainly. We uh, try and twist the creation story into being some fable. We've got to say all these other guys, all these prophets of God, didn't know what they were talking about. Especially when they're quoting God. That God didn't know what he was talking about. That God lied not only then, but God lied then here too. And many other places through the Bible. You've got to start pulling whole pages out. He is the first and he is the last. He is the creator. He's the one who created all things. Yeshua himself claims this himself. I am the first, I am the last, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, I am the beginning and I am the end. And that all things were created by him and without him nothing was made. Right there in the creation account. Verse 14. All of you assemble yourselves and hear. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. Who's the him? He shall do his pleasure on Babylon and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans so this one that God loves this him he shall do his pleasure on Babylon and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans I even I have spoken yes I have called him who is this him I have brought him and his way will prosper So if we want to prosper, if we want another way to prosper, we need to get together with this hymn that the Lord loves, that the Lord has called, that the Lord delivers us from Babylon, and the Chaldeans, that the Lord has spoken, that the Lord has brought him forth. That's the one we need to be united with, this hymn that the Lord loves. Verse 16, come near to me, Hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. I've said this over and over again, God said. From the time that it was, I was there. (laughs) Who was there from the beginning? The Lord God and his spirit have sent me. How many do you see there? The Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Right there in Isaiah, chapter 48, verse 16. Hundreds of years before the Messiah came to this earth as a babe, before Yeshua came, prophesied here, described here, the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. The one who, the text just before said, and the Lord loves him. Sent him called him, chose him, delivered him, prospers him. That's the one we need to be attached to. That's the one we need to look at. If anyone questions that, there's the three aspects, the three in one, the beauty of the three united together, here it is nice and concisely right here, Isaiah chapter 48, verse 16. And these next chapters of Isaiah 48, the, late, the last chapter, well, throughout the 40s and, and the early 50s in the books of Isaiah, those chapters, you see the whole theme on the Messiah. We've looked at some of them already. His servant, and it gets into this servant even more uh, in the beginning of the chapters 50, 52, 53. So here, this whole theme here, in Isaiah's focus. Verse 17, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. So he prospers the hymn that God had called, and he teaches us how to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So he teaches us how to prosper. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. He wants our soul to prosper. He wants our heart to prosper. He wants our lives to prosper in him. He wants to show us the way we should go. He wants to direct our paths. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have fulfillment. Thus, he has created us, and he's created us from the beginning. And he is the beginning, and he is the end. He's been there before us. He'll be there after us. He's always on all sides of us, he cares about us. He loves us. He He's called the one, prospered the one so that he can teach us to prosper. Prosper in him. And then the next verse, he tells us how to prosper. He teaches you to prosper, leads you in the way you should go. Well, which is the way we should go? How do we prosper? Verse 18, Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. So all these prosperity teachers who leave out the commandments, they're ignoring the very plain word of God, which says, I teach you how to prosper. I gave you my commandments. I want to show you the way to go. I gave you my commandments. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off from before me. Isn't there a song, Peace Like a River? Peace like a, I've got peace like a river in my soul. Right? It doesn't have a wave thing. Does it say something like it? peace like a river? That's another song. I thought it was peace like a river and joy like a fountain. <laughs> yeah. The peace like a river, the joy like a fountain, the waves like the sea. Come from heeding my commandments from the Lord God and his spirit and the me that he sent, the him that he loves. The one that he brought forth from the beginning who created all things, the Alpha and the Omega. Our prosperity is in him. Our prosperity is in obedience to him. I mean, that just makes so much common sense. Right? I mean, if, if, if you... Started a job in an employment place, you know? How are you going to move up the ranks at that place? How are you going to, you know, make the cut after the three-month trial? How are you going to make it to the raise? How are you going to make it to the next level? If you're not obeying their rules, right? They say everyone has to be here at seven o'clock and wear this uniform, and you don't, you're not there at seven o'clock, and you don't wear the uniform. (laughs) You think you're going to prosper in that job? You think they're going to keep you on? You think the boss is going to be happy with you? You think he's going to give you a promotion? You think he's going to give you a raise? He's going to give you a pink slip. <laughs> he's going to give you the, the way to the door. Right? I mean, it just makes common sense, right? In any aspect of our lives, I mean, you can go to the teacher, the teacher analogy, any analogy you want. Um, you know, they're really playing sports, there are rules and games. You know, you're playing a game, even a board game, whatever. There's all your rules. You cannot get ahead without following the rules of the game. Makes sense. And we're going to prosper in the Lord, prosper in life, and he is the life giver. And we have to follow the basic rules of life that he has outlined for us, that he has given to us. He has made plain in his word that he wrote in stone with his own finger. All of them. Makes sense. The problem is, is in our own strength, we don't have the power to keep them. So we've come up with all kinds of theories on how to get around that. Well, they don't apply anymore, uh, you know, or God didn't really mean it, or all he really wants is if we try our best. And as long as we try our best, that's good. So if you go into work every day and say, I know it's 7.30, but I tried to get here. I wanted to wear the shirt, but it was dirty. You know? <laughs> I wanted to wear the uniform. I tried, I tried, I tried. They might put up with that excuse for a while. But eventually, now we cannot keep it in our own strength. Form of religion won't get us there. Calling on his name, just merely that, without truth and righteousness, won't get us there. But if we surrender our lives to him, we give ourselves to him, we confess our sins before him, We allow him to wash us clean. We allow him to deliver us. We allow him to free us. We allow him to take us through the furnace of confession and repentance. More than just confession. There's lots of drunks who confess all the way to the bar. More than confession, it has to be coupled with repentance. Repentance is turning away from sin. And that's where we have to rely on the power of God, his spirit. The power of God, it gives us his Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us, to give us new minds, new hearts, new desires. The power to say no. The power to do what's right. The transformed life. It's truth and righteousness. Truth, truth is right and wrong, truth. Righteousness is doing the right thing. But only by God's power. It's only possible by God's power. Surrending self, if we're, if we're not able to do the truth, if we're not able to do the right thing, if we're not able to keep his commandments, it only means that we're doing it, trying in our own strength. Stop trying in your own strength and confess that you've been trying in your own strength. Ask God to take that out of you. Ask him to surrender all. Accept the Messiah's sacrifice in your behalf. And ask him to fill you with his spirit. Ask him to give you the gift of repentance. Ask him to give you a true sorrow for the sin. Ask him to give you the power and the victory in that area of your life so that you can prosper. And it's only as we are in his truth, it is only as we are in his righteousness, it is only as we keep his commandments by his strength and his power that we will be able to obtain peace like a river. Joy like a fountain, waves like the sea, the righteousness like the waves of the sea. Now, have you ever been on a boat or a cruise or in the Navy or something like that, and you see the waves in the sea? I mean, it's all you can see. <laughs> My brother was in the Navy, and both of them were. And one, I remember he came on leave one time, and he said, Grandma thinks I'm seeing the world. Or he wrote a letter, and I read in the letter. He said, Grandma thinks I'm seeing the world, but all I see for days and weeks on end is water. <laughs> There's just sea out there. I mean, it's just sea and sea. It's far. I mean, you try and cross the Atlantic or the Pacific. It's a lot of water there, especially in this day. Waves in the sea, righteousness will just cover, just continual. Or you go down to the beach and you just watch the waves roll in. I mean, how long can you sit there before they stop rolling in? You could sit there for eternity, right? They've been way rolling in ever since the beginning of time. Wave like a river. Righteousness like the waves of the sea. In other words, continuous righteousness. Ongoing righteousness. One righteousness after another, after another, after another. The waves of the sea just keep on coming in and keep on flowing in and keep on. continuing. the tide just keeps on going. That's what God wants for us. Peace. Like a river also that just keeps on flowing. River that just keeps on running. Right? Jordan River. So they got the river on the one side. Obviously, you've got to think like Isaiah. He's got the river on one side. He's got the Mediterranean Sea on the other side. So peace like the river. Right? the Jordan River, it's been flowing since as long as we can remember. right? Peace like the river it just keeps on going. We'll just have continuous peace. Or like our other side, the Mediterranean Sea, like those waves rolling in, rolling in all the time. We'll have peace and righteousness. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our minds. We will prosper in the Lord. The prosperity that God will give us? Big houses, fancy cars, (laughs) vacations in Hawaii. Is that what he says? No. He will prosper in the Lord. What will he give us? Peace and righteousness. That's the prosperity that God's talking about. I don't know what these other guys are talking about, but God's talking about peace and righteousness, and there is nothing as good as peace and righteousness. You can have the mansions, you can have the cars, you can have the yachts, you can have the planes, you can have it all. But if you don't have peace, there is no happiness. There is no peace. There is no good. There is no joy. There is no joy like a fountain. There is no peace. There is no righteousness. There is no peace. Truth, righteousness, peace. See, the themes of prosperity that God gives to us true prosperity, godly prosperity. And better than all that, he promises us heaven for eternity. That's right. Godliness with contentment is great gain. True godliness, true righteousness that comes from truth, that comes with peace, that comes through surrendering to God, letting him fill us with his Holy Spirit so we can obey his commandments, heed his commandments. Verse 20 Go forth from Babylon. Flee from the Chaldeans. Revelation talks, come out of Babylon, my people. Come out of Babylon. With a voice of singing, declare, proclaim this, utter it to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant, Jacob. Come out of Babylon. When we're, when we're, when we're surrendered to him, when we give our hearts to him, when we accept the Lord God and his spirit and the me there, when we accept him, and we have peace, and we have God's righteousness, we have his strength to keep his commandments, then we will flee. We will go forth out of Babylon. Babylon representing confusion. Babylon representing sin. Babylon representing discouragement, despondency, depression, worries and fears, bondage, addiction. Bad habits, yeah, false religions. Right? He sets us free. Go forth from Babylon. Leave the Babylon. Leave the confusion of this world and come into God's truth. God does have truth. One of the Babylonian things that's being taught today is there's lots of truths, lots of paths. You can run them all at the same time. There are no truths. There's no absolute truth. Your truth is good for you. My truth is good for me. No, God has truth. Truth and righteousness. His word, he's got one word. His commandments. One God, represented the Lord God. His spirit. And thee, the one he loves. And as we come forth out of Babylon, again, that's the sequence. We confess, we surrender, we accept his love. He delivers us, gives us the gift of repentance, gives us his power, transforms our lives, fills us with peace and righteousness, and it causes us to leave. Part of repentance is leaving the things of this world, leaving the worldliness of this world, leaving behind the confused thoughts, separating our thoughts from the junk of this world and God's word. And then don't leave the world go forth to the other end, utter ends of the earth and proclaim to the world. Instead of living in the world, a part of the world, we go forth to the world and proclaim to them, Lord, God has redeemed me. He has changed me. He has brought me back. I am his. He has saved me. I used to do this, but God now gave me the power to do that. I didn't used to do this, but now God gave me the power to do it. I didn't do right. Now I'm by God's power, I do right. Proclaim what God has done. I was dead, and now I am alive. That's right. Brought me to life. Made a new life in me, a new heart in me. I didn't have peace. I was worried. I was depressed. And now I have peace, like a river flowing, continually. I couldn't do right at all. But now God's able to do right in me, continually, like the waves of the sea. Give me victory. I don't even desire that thing anymore. I don't even want that thing anymore. Whenever I think of that thing, I, I hate it now. He transformed me. He changed me. That's the power of God. Is that the form of godliness? That is the power—the power of God, the power of God to create out of nothing, the power of God to recreate something that's horrible and make it good. But all things will be beautiful. Like all things. Good takes us through the fire and burns off the drawers. Brings it out shinier than it went in. It's the power of God. He calls us to come out of Babylon. Any area in Babylon that you're in now, any confusion that you're in right now, any false teachings, any teachings that deny the word of God, that deny the commandments of God, that deny the Lord God and his spirit and the me, or the him that the Lord said he loves. Come out of the confusion. Any sinful habits, any sinful traits, any addiction, come out and serve the Lord. Come out and proclaim. And if you've been delivered, you've been redeemed, but you're not telling others about it, you'll lose it. You got to share it. You got to tell. You got to let it be known what God has done in our lives. Verse twenty-one. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. He also split the rock, and the waters gushed out. Talking about our Exodus experience. He delivered us from Babylon. He delivered us from Egypt. He's delivered us in the past. He parted the Red Sea, and he provided for our needs. In the desert. Don't worry. Step forth in faith. He'll take care of you even in the desert. He's able to take us out of the world. He's able to take us out of Babylon. It seemed like Babylon's got all the wealth. Babylon has it all. But if I deny Babylon, I'll lose my job. I'll lose my spouse. I'll lose my health. I'll lose my life. He's able to take care of us in the wilderness. He's able to bring water out of a rock and gush water out, satisfy the thirsting soul. He will prosper us. He will take care of us as we trust in him, as we obey him, as we follow him. You think uh, Isaiah believed in the Exodus story? Yeah. He believed in the miracles. It's a miracle. It was a miracle. And God's still able to do it today. Verse 22, the contrast. We'll have peace like a river as we obey his commandments. Verse 22, but there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. And we saw him say that in another chapter as well. There is no peace. For the wicked. They can try all the other prosperity models and they can maybe become worldly prosperity and rich and famous in this world. But there's no peace without heeding God's commandments. There's no peace without surrendering to him as Lord and God. There's no peace while we're in Babylon. There's no peace unless we're proclaiming it to others. There's no peace In wickedness, there's no peace in wrong. Satan will tempt us and make it seem like this latest thing, and now they're trying to push the marijuana, give us all peace and make us all happy. There is no peace for the wicked. God brings peace, God gives us peace. That's where peace is in Him, trusting in Him. But there's no peace. For the wicked. So let's look at a review of how to prosper according to Isaiah 48 only. Enough there, just in that one chapter. Love God in truth and righteousness. Accept God's refining process. Bring honor to God. Learn from God how to prosper. Let him lead you in the way. Take heed to his commandments. Flee from Babylon, I should put there also, and proclaim it to the world, and accept the Lord God, his spirit, and his Messiah. It's the principles of prosperity. Isaiah chapter 48. If you're not prospering in God, you don't have his peace in your heart. His righteousness is not being lived out in your life. There's some wickedness still being manifest in your life. Some habits, some addiction. If there's somewhere you're still in Babylon, still trying to hold multiple views of God and multiple religious experiences, denying God's truth, or denying God's commandments, or denying the Lord God and his spirit, and his Messiah, or any one of them. If you've been crying out to God and singing about God, but not loving his truth and his righteousness, if you're angry about some refining that God allowed you to go through at some point in your life, maybe you're blaming that person or blaming the company or blaming God, and you're not accepting his refining to bring honor and glory to him. If you haven't moved past that. Surrender that to the Lord. You've been trying other ways to prosper or looking for worldly prosperity and want to lay that down before God's feet. And you just want the goal of peace and righteousness. And if he adds on riches or other things here in this earth, well, that's fine. But seek after his peace, seek after his righteousness, seek after his truth. walk in his way, walk in his path, heed his commandments. As we pray, whatever you're needing, whether come out of some aspect of Babylon, or whether heed one of his commandments that you haven't been heeding, or to accept his sacrifice and accept his forgiveness, or accept his refining, or whatever he's speaking to you about tonight. As we pray, let let us allow him to do his work. And we've been manifesting a form of godliness, but we've been denying his power. Whatever it is, as we pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful that you love us. And we're thankful that you teach us the way to prosper. We're thankful that you want us to prosper. We're thankful that you lead us in the way that we should go. We're thankful that you have a way that we should go. We're thankful that you have a plan for us. Thankful that we're not just wandering generalities, but that we have a purpose, and a purpose in you. We're thankful that you've shown us right from wrong. We're thankful that you've given us commandments. We're thankful that you have truth, and that there is a solid truth we can hold on to. We're thankful that you've given us the Messiah. Thankful that we can receive forgiveness in him. Thankful that we can receive cleansing through him. Thankful that you've allowed us to go through periods of time in our lives where we've been refined, where the heat has been so hot on us, but you've seen us through. We're here today, but we want to turn that those wounds into praise, and thank you for taking us through it. Lord, any of us or any area of our lives that are in Babylon, set us free. Remove us from the Babylon. Give us the true gift of repentance. Give us true deliverance, true victory in you. Live in our hearts and our minds and fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your power and fill us with peace. Lord, any area that we're troubled, any area that we worry, any burdens that we have, Lord, give us your peace. We want to surrender all the troubles to you. And give us your righteousness. Any area that we're not living right, we want to surrender to you Accept your forgiveness, accept your sacrifice, and accept your power to live right by you. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.